Oswald Chambers said this about mothers in prayer. Mothers struggle for our existence. And the more unhindered the birth pangs, the stronger and healthier the child. A thing is worth just what it costs. Oswald, Oswald was comparing what mothers go through to birth a child to the birthing of prayer. Mothers are a unique expression of God's nature. Women are made in the image of God, revealing another characteristic of God. As a mother goes through the responsibility to carry and birth a child, it's like prayer. Prayer births the next generation. It's spiritual mothering. The statement by Oswald, a thing is worth what it costs, is about praying for that next generation of youth. The next generation of youth coming to Christ will cost us sincere prayer. Our spiritual legacy is today's youth. We must take them to prayer before the Lord. Oswald said this, The man who prays ceases to be a fool, while the man who refuses to pray nourishes a blind life within his own brain, and he will find no way out that road. Will you stand this morning? And Brevin and Linda, will you just come up and stand with me this morning as I pray? I want us to pray about the next generation of youth that God wants to birth into the kingdom. I want us to pray with that heart for the lost young people. Lord, we come to you right now and we ask in the name of Jesus for that future generation. We ask for our legacy of the next group of young people who will come into the kingdom of God. And we pray today that you would break every stronghold, everything the world is offering, every spiritual distraction, every natural distraction that is coming to young people today, and you would begin to break it off. You said no one can come to you unless the Holy Spirit draws them. And we send you today, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, to do what only you can do to draw the hearts of these young people back to you. And we remind you of the prodigals that we pray for, and the young people who have already made a decision for you, but have gone astray, that you would call them back home today. And I just pray for an anointing over brethren in London as their heart's desire is for you. And I pray you continue to nurture and birth a great work of the Spirit in their hearts, Lord, that will be that preparation for what you want to do in this church with the young people in our community. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Thanks, brethren in London. Last week I was talking about the Holy Spirit and how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he was promising to give us the Holy Spirit, a person that would be with us. The greatest thing that we could experience is having the person of Jesus Christ living inside of our heart. What an incredible promise. I think sometimes we don't realize who is in us because we are so much in the natural. We have so many natural feelings and so many different things that come against our mind, emotions, and will that we so, so often forget that Jesus Christ has given to us the person of the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift, the greatest promise that we could have to live inside of us. Conflict, struggles in relationship, people problems, financial problems, taking on just the news for a few minutes from the newscasters can make us feel overwhelmed and alone. The fears and things that constantly come against us make us feel like we are alone. It is a lie because we've accepted Jesus Christ, it is the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. We sang about fear. We sang about victory over fear. 
But I tell you, all of us deal with certain kinds of fears and anxieties about life. It is those places that we find ourselves weak, but when we are weak is when the power of God is manifested. Sometimes we struggle as a Christian wondering, why are we going through all the things that we go through, and why are we dealing with fear? I really believe in some of the most negative things we go through, getting us to go to our weakest place. It's only in our weakest and broken place where the Holy Spirit works a resurrection in our life. And it is the Holy Spirit we have to be mindful of that is constantly inside of us. Again, do not go by your thoughts and your feelings. They're lying to you. It is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that's going to keep changing you and keep manifesting himself in and through your life for his glory and so that the world around us can know that Jesus is alive and he's alive in us. Jesus is called the Holy Spirit, our helper. And again, the Holy Spirit appears when we are weak. He shows up when we're vulnerable, when we're broken, and we don't see any hope or any life or that anything is going to change. In John 14, 16, and 17, Jesus promised us Holy Spirit, that person. And Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. You have a helper who is always with you. You have a promise from God who cannot break promises that you are not alone and that helper has not left you. He is with you right now. No matter what you feel like, no matter what you're facing, no matter what uh, promise you're waiting for, no matter what your mind is telling you, no matter what the enemy is whispering that you are alone and you've got to go through this on your own. It's a lie. In verse 17, he said that the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive Obviously, we all know that more and more <clears throat> information coming out, more and more news, there is so much conflict. There is so much biting and devouring and accusing and uh, uh, pointing the finger that we don't even know what to believe in because the world doesn't have any truth and they don't know what the truth is. But yet Satan is propagating all the lies and all the confusion because when people are confused, they don't know what to go and lean on and they don't know what to do. And Satan tries to use us as believers to be confused but we, let us come out of all confusion because Jesus Christ is our Lord and the Holy Spirit, our helper, is resident inside of us. No matter what we feel like, no matter what's not changing in our life, no matter what things look like, no matter what struggles are in our relationships, Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. And he's working to bring about the changes that we're praying for that are on our hearts and the things that we know he wants to do in our life. Your physical and natural senses will constantly defy that the Lord is in you, that the Holy Spirit is with you. Your, your senses and the things that are unseen and unfelt, but be aware the Holy Spirit is still active in you. From the day you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, there's a powerful force that entered into your heart and into your life, and he's working. The Holy Spirit must be received. We need to constantly be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit. We have to constantly breathe in the Holy Spirit. We have to constantly get out of our head and just be open here in our heart to say, come on in, Holy Spirit, fill me. I need you. I need a fresh word. I need a fresh anointing. I need a refreshing of the joy that promised to me through your Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. Fill me up with your presence. Are you confused? Are you struggling with something? Are you facing something that's beyond yourself? The Holy Spirit is with you. Yes, and there's moments before he manifests 
himself, you're going to have to step into something. But even as you step up in faith, God is going to show up. Just like he told the disciples, you're going to be called sometimes to speak before people. And in that moment, don't even worry about what you're going to say. As you open your mouth, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak through you and say what you need to say. In John 7, 39, the first part of the verse, Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit, whom those whom believe in him would receive. A promise already that those who believe in Jesus would receive. That's one of our, our things that sets us up for receiving is to believe in Jesus Christ. It says that Jesus dwells in our heart through our faith. So in times when we feel doubting, we just have to believe in a moment. Believe, oh, he's with me. Oh, it's not my feelings. It's not my circumstance. It's not what I'm looking at. He's with me. He's promised he's with me. And he's there by faith in our hearts. In Acts 2.33, Jesus, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out on this, which you now see. Jesus did all he did. He went through all that he went through to give us the promise of the Holy Spirit, to give us a person. Are you feeling lonely? Are you by yourself? Does the enemy tell you you're all alone? Are you single? Are you separated and you feel like you're all alone? It's not the truth. The Holy Spirit has been given to you as a promise that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. He is the comforter, God with you. In Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Pentecost had just happened, but the Jews were wondering what is going on. These people are acting different. What has come upon them? And he tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift that is, has no requirements on you except you receive it. You know, sometimes we get into places where we kind of go astray, we go a little backslidden, we get a little uh, angry or whatever happens, and we start to feel dirty and separated. And our own mind and emotions and Satan tells us the Holy Spirit has left, you've blown it too many times, you've done the same old sins, and you're alone. What a lie. The counter, the, the antidote, repent. Forgive me, I've sinned, I've done this, it's wrong. Forgive me, cleanse me on unrighteousness. Oh God, fill me again with the Holy Spirit. It's something we do over and over again. The promise we have of confession of our sin, we're right with God, and then be open again to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Over and over again to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. God, come in, wash me again, fill me again to overflowing. Uh, receive the definition um, from the Webster's, take to experience. It's a spiritual taking in, receiving the Lord to welcome. We must be open to receive. Again, there's circumstances and situations always seek to close us down and shut us down. Maybe you're going through something right now that's making you shut down. You need to just open up and say, wait a second, wait a second. I have God. He's my He's my, uh He's my access point. He's the one that's flowing things from heaven. He's the one that's giving me good things. And just be open to receive. From the web, it says, to be given, to be presented with, to accept the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just say this right now with me? Holy Spirit, come and fill me again. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing. Holy Spirit, help me remove the doubts. 
Holy Spirit, wash over my mind. Holy Spirit, bypass my negative emotions. Awesome. Receiving is very important when it comes to the Holy Spirit and appropriating Him. Ever appropriated anything? The definition of appropriate is to take. It takes humility and trust to receive the Holy Spirit. The word also for appropriate is to seize. Remember that verse in uh, Matthew. The kingdom of God suffers violent, and violent people, energetic forces, press on it, grab a hold of the kingdom, and make it their own. Sinful people rise up out of sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, and they apprehend the kingdom of God. They apprehend the Holy Spirit of God to be in their lives and to work and to change them from who they've been into what God wants them to be. In John 20, 22, Jesus said to his disciples, he said this, and he breathed on the disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He had paid for sins. He was about ready to go to the Father, and he already knew he was the possessor of the Holy Spirit. And in, in this pre-Pentecostal experience, he breathed on the disciples the anointing of the Holy Spirit because he had right, he had purchased it back to them, and he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When we ask for the Holy Spirit, we have to be open and ask in faith, believing bypassing your mind of what's telling you and what's going on and the doubts we have to believe that the Holy Spirit is coming in. What about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the Apostle Paul wrote, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Definition of fellowship is friendly association. Do you need a friend? The Holy Spirit promises to be the first friend that you can have. If you're struggling to come back into relationships, if you've been burnt by people, the Holy Spirit is the prime person to welcome in because He's going to restore your ability to have good relationships and good fellowship with other people. This fellowship is especially with people who share one's interests. It's companionship and communion. When we're in fellowship with someone, they confide in us. Ever found that is you growing in friendship, you find yourself just telling things that maybe you wouldn't tell to someone? That's what the Holy Spirit offers to us, a place to be, uh, to confide in. And in John 16, 13, Jesus promised, when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own or on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he speaks to us what God is telling him to tell us. And then he says he will tell you things that are to come. So there's a prophetic sense that comes on you with the Holy Spirit that can give you insight in the moment for what you need or to give you promises that for, for your future that you can hang on to when the storms and the uh, trials of life come and say you're not going to get what God promises. I notice more and more on TV they're making uh, the psychic so invitable to us people are in desperate need in their spirit to know a spiritual being and so satan has stepped up as a counterfeit to offer demonic uh things for people to somehow satisfy that thing in all of us to know because once we were separated from god through sin there was a separate spiritual separation where 
it's not satisfied or it's not filled. So people have a hunger to know something, and so they're going after the psychics. <clears throat> and Satan is trying to target people to give them a false spiritual hope that will really bring them into more bondage and more demonic possession. We are the Holy Spirit's residence. You know, we all live in a home or in a place, and that's the place of our residence. When we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart, the Holy Spirit decides, I'm going to take up residence in you. That's a pretty incredible thing, huh? That he's residing in you. He says, I'm going to build my home in you, that you are so personally important to me, and I love you so much, I want to come in, and I want to uh, be part of your home and part of that fellowship that, that's in your home. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, the Apostle Paul says to us, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, and that you are not your own? <clears throat> Can I tell you, I'm glad you're here today. I was on the phone with someone this morning that's going through so many things that they can't even come to church. They're so overwhelmed. But do you know, every time we come to church, because the Holy Spirit's in our temple, do you know we bring God to church with us? Do you ever think about that? Because the Holy Spirit's living in your house, you're bringing him, you're bringing him to church. And you know what he likes? He likes fellowship with the Almighty God. The Holy Spirit is that part of that triune God, but he likes fellowshipping and worshiping of God. He's caught up in the worship of God. And so when we bring him, because we're temples, when we bring him into the house of God, there's a great worship that comes up before God. And then there's this worship that we get from each other. There's this fellowship of the Spirit we get from each other. By you saw today when two people got up and shared things about the Word, they shared prophetic things, we're all encouraged. That's because of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful that you brought your dynamic of who you are and the gifts that you have and the gifts of who you are in the Holy Spirit, that you brought them to fellowship with us. Because we all have felt the manifestation of that presence here today. Jesus came to give us life. In John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly till it overflows. Life till it overflows. I mean, is that exciting? Life till it overflows. And we all have an idea what that would mean to us for life to overflow. But it's something has to do with the Holy Spirit, that there's a life that overflows in us that's greater than anything we can attain, achieve, uh, accumulate in this natural world. We can get everything that we want, and still, when we have it, there's something more, because our heart is looking for God. And yet, in our natural life, it doesn't look, it can't be satisfied on its own. It has to be through our spirit. Andrew, Andrew we've talked in the past, we said like, oh, Someday she goes, she says, if I see you dancing, she goes, then I'll dance someday on Sunday. I tell you, I was in my, my room dancing today in my, in my office. There's this old song in 202 that Avalon uh, sings about, uh, I will testify to love. And I was in my office just dancing around. Yes, I will testify to love because I've experienced the love of God. And it has so changed my life. It brought an excitement to me uh, that I'm a Christian and I, I have a faith in Jesus Christ. And I have been given the most precious pr prize. And I was in my office dancing. I turned my music all the way up. And I thought, wow, my wife goes, this, you know, sometimes older music, you know, people don't like the older music. And my song is like 18 years old. 
You know, I'm listening to it. I don't even know if Avalon's still a group anymore, but I mean, I was jamming out there and I was thinking about, it says that, you know, when, when we drink of the spirit, like when we have partake of it, it's like old wine or new wine. And sometimes when we've had old experiences, a new person can't under, under identify with the wine that we're drinking because it's been such an experience we've had. There's sometimes songs that we experience in God. There are songs that are uh, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit and they just lift us to a new place. They give us exuberant joy and they give us this confidence that I am not alone. And we, we may have no reason to be excited and there's this excitement that comes over us because our heart is filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to stop there because you know, we've been praying for Dory, and she had such great experiences in Montana. The Holy Spirit was moving, and she just wanted to share a few things. Well, <clears throat> really, I, I, I don't know if I wanted to share. Bruce asked me if I would share, so I'm up here and <clears throat> sharing. You know, I, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of him being in us when we're saved, on us to sanctify us, and upon us that we would transfer that to other people and so um <coughs> i just came back from montana and every year i've been going almost 10 years and every year there's sort of a different theme and this theme was very powerful because it was break every chain and and the the scripture theme scripture was where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty and so it was a very very powerful time um and i think every time i go i learn something new um and this year, I felt like I learned a lot of new things also. I learned that the Holy Spirit is no respecter of people and that he shows up to those who are hungry. And when you're hungry, he will show up. But he wants us to be hungry. He wants us to need him. He wants us to be desperate. He wants us to be ready to receive. And when we are, he does show up. This year, I feel like I felt more dependent on God, and it was, it was effortless to be in ministry. And I don't know if I've really experienced that to this degree. Uh, when I asked God for something, he did it, and he gave it. And I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to tremble and cry like I normally do in my little cabin. I have been known to call Bruce and say, is God even here? What am I going to do? This year, it was so different for me. And the two things I asked for is I, I've been asking for love. I've been asking for a baptism of love for the people in the world, for people in the church, and for my family. That God would saturate me in his love. You know, it says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. You know, we can have all the gifts of God we want, but without love, it's a noisy symbol. And it's so easy to function with a detached heart. And so I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I think that made all the difference this time for me because I felt so incredibly loved by God, but I loved my girls this year. And no one was a burden. And I get called and drained for four days of intense ministry from 7 in the morning till 11 at night, <coughs> 10 at night, nonstop. And in years past, someone would say, can we please meet? Can we please meet? And I'd go, yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't be able to do it. And this year, it was motivated with something different. 
It was motivated because God's love gave me a love that wasn't mine. And I don't, didn't miss out on meeting anybody. The very last day, a lady came up and she said, my daughter needs physical healing. I'm going to bring her to the, the, the celebration at the end of the service because she wasn't a part of it. And I'm going to just bring her. She's going to come on crutches. She's in sports. She's 14. And we're going to sit down on a rock somewhere and will you pray with her? And so as we prayed... I felt like I had uh, some words of knowledge for this young girl, and she just began to cry and hold me. And it was very, and it was at the very end when I was very, very wiped out. And here's something I said. I said, God, I don't want to do a token meeting with people at the very end of this retreat because I'm tired. I want you to do something in their life. If someone wants to meet and talk, I want it to be you, and I want it to be meaningful for them. Um, last year, there's a young mother. She's as sweet as can be. She's extremely humble and fun and loving. And last year when we were together, she began to experience extreme tingling in her hands. Um, she's not one who's had a lot of experiences in the Holy Spirit, so she tells me that it's not going away. And her hands burn with fire and that the tingling hasn't gone away. And when she goes to pray, it makes her nervous because she doesn't understand. So I said, I think God wants to release a, a healing gift in you. So we had a team, we have a large team that we did a special communion service for. So I asked if she could be released from the worship team to come in with me because I wanted her laying hands on people with oil. And so what we presented for the first time this year was a physical healing service. And I used Diane Gautron, and I used testimonies, I used Paul in our church of where it doesn't matter how long it takes, God is able to physically heal people, people that have waited for a long, long time, and we've prayed for them a long, long time. And so here we were, you know, everyone came forward. It was like another mini healing service, which you wouldn't understand because we do that too. It's, it's, it's intense. <laughs> and so um, people just kept coming up for healing, for physical healing, physical healing. We had our oils. And so many had testimonies of being physically healed. And this young girl, I feel like she's my little mentor girl. People are now asking, I said, what have I done to you? Because I sort of brought her out in the limelight. And she, now they're like, oh, Marcelle, we have to call Marcelle to the house for healing. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. So anyway, she went to go pray for one lady who has discs in her back. She laid her hands on her, and her hands were cemented to her body. And she couldn't let go. And this girl was miraculously healed, and her husband's not a believer. He doesn't like to know what she does. But when she came home, he has back issues too. And when she came home and said, I've been healed, his eyes bugged out. And he said, do you think she would pray for me too? And so that was a real new piece to the weekend for me. There's a healing service. So many young girls have so many soul ties and relationships they're so sexually active, and they're so not understanding how destructive that's been in their life. And you, we, you watch these girls come in and get healed from these soul ties and from the emotional damage that's been done in their life and the secret sin and the secret places. And you see God move, and they, they get up, and they look like a different person, and they've been set free. 
And so, you know, for me, I wanted the love of God, and I wanted God to stir up the gifts of God. I didn't want to strive for God to do something unusual, and I felt like he answered that for me. And it just makes me want to continue to love him and to give out and to serve him. It's not about us. Sometimes when I speak in the past, it's all about me. You know, I feel like where it goes inward, like, can I do it? Is he with me? Blah, 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 blah. Me, 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 me. And it's like this time, and I hope it continues. Who cares about me? It doesn't really matter. God cares about people. God cares about everyone. If you're going to get up and do something, let it be about them, not about you. And he comes, and he is so faithful. And so I am very um, appreciative of the power of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to, he is in you to sanctify you, but he is on you to use you. And be open to more of the Holy Spirit in your life because he is the active person of today who is the one who is walking beside us and helping us to live this Christian life. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. He is no respecter of people. He wants to meet you today where you're at and begin to do a new thing.